Welcome to Hunting for Nova Sparkus by Coho Creative. Welcome, everyone. Today, I am joined by Ronald Devom, Chief Innovation Officer and Partner at Coho Creative, and Demetrius Romanos, who is the Senior Vice President of Design at Ergo Baby in Los Angeles, California. They are going to talk to us today about the intersection of design and sustainability. Ronald, would you like to kick us off? Thank you, Ellen. Um, this is a topic I'm very, very passionate about. For me, sustainability needs to be woven into design principles so that anything and everything we design has a chance to contribute to a circular economy. And by that, I mean reducing the amount of waste that ends up in a landfill or worse, floating in the ocean. Demetrius and I are both industrial designers. I met him about five years ago and was instantly impressed and, and moved by the stories he was able, able to weave into his design experience. I know Demetrius, he thrives on curiosity. He's very purposeful in how the consumer is front and center of any design challenge. He's the designer that just does not assume. And by that, I mean, we often fall into the trap of hearing what a consumer says versus what a consumer actually does. And he reconciles that with observation, getting in close, um, walking into those consumers' lives and designing from the problem out. So for me, Demetrius is the perfect friend with whom to discuss this challenge of sustainability and design. And what I really hope we get out of today is how we can integrate or embed sustainability into design thinking or design principles and how we can leverage even corporate and, and consumer mandate into our thinking and, of course, into our doing. Awesome. Thank you so much for the kind words, Ronald. It really means a lot coming from you in particular. I'm excited to join today, and I, I do. I think we're going to have some great conversations as we have in the past. It was really good to talk to you. Thanks for taking the time to share your wisdom with us uh, and our listeners on this podcast. Uh, I know as a friend of Coho, we all know a lot about you, but can you just give a story of how you got here? Absolutely. A, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. No, a different one. Um, yeah, so, I mean, industrial design background, like you said, but I spent, I mean, if you spend any time in Cincinnati, you're going to spend a lot of time doing CPG work. Um, so I spent loads of years working with Procter & Gamble on a number of different uh, categories and brands. Uh, but, you know, the bulk of my career was in that agency world doing whether cons consumer electronics, medical instruments, uh, packaging. I moved into the corporate space about eight years ago, right after I moved to California, uh, where I was leading design and then eventually product management for a company called Targus, where we did backpacks and iPad cases very much around the mobile employee. Uh, and then that eventually propelled me into my current role, which I've been at for about just shy of two years where I, I lead design and product development for Ergo Baby. A lot of agency experience, uh, a lot of corporate experience. So as an industrial designer, what are the similarities and, and differences in those cultures? 
it's funny, and I don't think it has to do with which discipline you come from as a designer, but they honestly couldn't be more different. There seem to be far more differences and similarities. And what I mean by that is, you know, you sort of almost take it for granted when you're working in the agency world that any client that approaches you or that you get, they already value design enough to go seek it out and to write a big fat check for it. Um, what I found going into the corporate world where I thought I was going to be able to come in and be nimble and bring all these practices is that you have to sort of like dispel all the preconceptions about design uh, and really have to start proving the value that you add. So it's definitely a different experience when I find actually quite valuable because rather than the agency world where you might touch a brand for a, a finite period of time, you go on the client side and you've got the ability to sort of almost like raise a child. You're there, you're building, you're growing and influencing an entire organization if you've got that that luck. So they are quite different. I always think that if someone has the opportunity to go client side and then go back to the agency world, they'd be like the superstar because they kind of get it. Um, but it, it's really helped me feel more well-rounded as a design professional. No, I get that. Um, obviously, I haven't had the corporate experience, but knowing from people that come from both sides of the fence, I. I Kind of well, I, I know exactly what you're saying, but um, you know, at, at Ergo Baby, you, you're in a bigger organization, and do they also define corporate missions around sustainability? Um, do you, have you been part of influencing these? And um, tell us a little bit about how the words on the page become actions for people like yourself and fellow employees. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, that was actually one of the things that really captured me with this company from the first place. Uh, when I was recruited, they talked a lot about their values. And I've worked at plenty of companies where you spend time writing mission statements and values, but never had I really experienced a place that interviewed against those values and really rated their teams by those values and lived them. So we did another pass of those after I started and it just truly defines who we are. And, you know, we put people and we put planet first. We care about our own teams, but we care about all of our distribution partners. We care about our manufacturing and try to really put our, our money where our mouth is. Um, and so, you know, it starts with setting up mission statements and values, but like, what else can you do? And we have the benefit of being actually a quite young company. I mean, the company is only about 13, 14 years old. Um, it's not huge. You know, we, we're the number one rated product in our category, uh, but we're not a huge company. And we're really uh, sort of founded and led by young team members. And if there's one thing that we know about um, younger people these days, and not to use generalizations, I'm not that old, uh, but you know, there's, they're far more purpose-driven, far more mission-driven. And so I think it's easier to get people to rally around causes. Uh, and we're at a great time in the world right now. There's, through any sort of adversity comes an opportunity for change uh, and for an opportunity to sort of take a step back look at what you're doing and make things different and make things better for those coming after you. So we're actually are right in the middle now of updating our corporate social responsibility practices to make sure that they align with our vision, with our values, and that we can sort of help lead that for the next uh, several years for our company. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And I agree. Um, for the people that you're targeting in particular, new moms, uh, you know, postnatal and, and all those different 
sort of behaviors and, and, and ways that you can connect with those consumers requires something more than just the surf the surface, right? It needs authenticity. You need to get true to that cause. Are, are there any principles on sustainability in particular? So, yeah, the, when you, it comes to principles, I mean, I think for our category, our category is centered fully around this like natural parenting. That's its heritage. It's very much this sort of granola-esque, I'm going to raise my baby by carrying it just like people did hundreds of thousands of years ago. Um, so it's always been kind of rooted in this natural, um, very human uh, and of the earth kind of ethos. Now, as convenience gets in the way and you start realizing, well, this is actually, I can wash the dishes or go to Home Depot because I've got a baby that I'm carrying. It does change a little bit, but I think the root is still the same. I and mean, we've got the benefit that we're carrying humans, we're carrying largely someone's first baby. It's the most precious thing in the world. I don't want to put anything that's synthetic. I don't want to put anything that's going to harm the planet because I'm creating a new human and I need to make a better planet for them. So it's kind of inherent in the product category to try to do best. So the principles will be driven, I mean, frankly, by some regulations, but also because you just are seeking out things that are better, seeking out things that will help provide a better world for the child that you just brought into it. Right, right. Yeah, so I'm a big fan of the, the five R's. Um, refuse, reduce, reuse, repurpose, and recycle. Refuse, the first R is all about the company refusing the waste or any pollutants or bad materials coming into their stream. The second R, reduce, is reducing the consumption of valuable resources or reducing material thickness, material consumption, et cetera, into the design, optimizing the design of any product. The third and fourth R's, reuse and repurpose, are a little bit more consumer-driven, i.e., can we reuse any of these items that we purchased before throwing them away? Can we repurpose or upcycle any of those items? And then the fifth is about recycling. Closing the loop, not just with recycled materials, but also helping the product become recycled and be part of a closed loop system. Did Ergo Baby apply any of these principles? I would say they all resonate in our industry to certain extents. Um, like I said earlier, we do have the benefit that we have a lot of regulations that almost drive some of this, but we never want to put in anything to the product that doesn't benefit the end user and that would in any way harm an end user or the planet that we're leaving behind. Um, we do look for new materials that we can use that would be made from recycled aspects or even more organic I think a, a growing space for us, again, there's a lot of regulations in what materials touch a baby. So you are kind of limited. So I would say that if anything, we're looking at all of these, we address all of these, we make sure that we design through these lenses and then figure out what's the best way to action on it. So I'd say the big one for us right now is almost on the repurpose slash recycle side. And what I mean by that is we actually launched a program just a few months ago called Everlove. And what Everlove is, is it's helping 
to take products out that might have been in the landfill. So if I had a baby, I used this baby carrier for X number of years, and I decide, you know, I'm not going to have another kid rather than throw it away or pack it in a box, uh, Ergo Baby will buy those back. We'll clean them in the most sanitized ways possible. We'll repair them and then resell them. So you get the opportunity to take something out or keep something out of a landfill. You get to address a new audience that might prefer to buy something uh, that's you know been used before and limits the number of new things that you actually have to make. Demetrius, is this effort a global effort? I know you're you're sold in like 50 countries or something like that. Is that... Is that something that's just U.S. or is that global? So for the time being, it's U.S. only because there are different logistical challenges. So what we're trying to do is figure out ways to scale it because Europe has been leading sustainability causes longer than the U.S. has, generally speaking, and they're certainly hungry for it. So we're looking at that right now. But I mean, an interesting statistic that I came upon when I was doing a trends presentation pretty recently was that resale is actually growing at 21 times the speed of traditional retail. So we're doing good in the world because people actually want that, right? They want to buy things that have been used before, especially things that are like in our category, we're at the premium end of the space. So you know you're buying something with quality, you know it's been cleaned and repaired with quality and you're doing something good just by buying something that's been used before. That's really interesting. We we actually um, have a friend that has a, a is going to have a baby shower and you actually can go on their list and it will say like a coupon for I will give you three sets of used clothes for my kids like that actually is the gift so it's really it's a really interesting and you're right it's it's a growing way to think of or it's a new way to think about sustainability I mean it's really one of the lowest hanging fruit and it's not I mean it's not that it was easy at all to put together because it does have a whole different infrastructure and you have to all of a sudden be asking people to return these products they have to know about it that it's even an option uh, but once we've put all that in place it's really taken a life zone it's quite exciting so can you describe any other examples where your or these design principles made a significant impact Yes, certainly. So the one was about reuse, and now we're looking at ways that we can both do something different from a manufacturing perspective. So we're actually launching a product in January that I can't speak about right now, but it uses a wholly different method for constructing our product that will use recycled materials and it reduces the waste. I mean, typically when you're making, you've seen it in apparel, there's a lot of yield that comes off when you you know stamp out your patterns. So we're looking at ways to reduce that in our industry and super excited about the product that we're launching in January. That sounds really interesting. I wish we could get a little bit more detail, but I understand we, you know, being part of a corporation like this, I think gives you a great platform with which to try and inform the consumer about your purpose. There's also, I think, Tell me if I'm wrong, a, a job to be done where internally you also need to evangelize some of these principles. Is, is that difficult within Ergo Baby or are there lots of people on your same wavelength? Yeah, I, I don't think it's difficult at all. I mean, again, you hate to generalize, but millennials, Gen Z are far more interested in things that are better for the environment. So I think you've always just got people ready to to carry that torch uh, and get behind you. So I think it's more, can the organization keep up and can the organization respond 
to the desires of the employees. So we're doing our best and it's great to have like that built in passion and energy already. Right. And even, even in the specifications of materials or in procurement and product supply, are those discussions easy when you might want to change certain um, ways to source or certain um, ways to purchase any materials that might be more expensive, albeit have a better sustainable quality? Yeah, so easy is probably a few steps too far, and that's no indictment on our supply chain team. It's kind of that way everywhere. I mean, these are very like logistically organized people that do things a certain way to be super efficient. So anytime you want to introduce something that's new and out of that scope, it just changes. You know, it's like, oh God, well now I have to go find a new supplier. Now we have to go through this whole new testing sort of protocol. The difference and the benefit I think that we have right now is that because this is led from the top down, because there's also being led from the bottom up, it's a company-wide desire. So everybody can see the value and the benefit. It just makes you try that much harder to work towards it. Right. You know, what are those challenges that arise? You know, staying true to these sustainable principles do, do they, do you, in your opinion, limit creativity or do they limit other choices? Or it, that's kind of that intersection of sustainability and design that I'm really interested in. You know, we're, we're always tasked to kind of make things more desirable, almost like increasing consumption and increasing the, the desirability of it. But sometimes those can't be reconciled with sustainable ideals. I don't know. I think for me, it's almost the opposite. I think it adds it creativity. It, it sort of necessitates creativity in terms of how are you going to solve for this? Uh, I mean, I think we are at a time where traditional status symbols are changing. Certainly in a COVID and post-COVID world, people have had a chance to really think about what their impacts are, what things they really value. And they're spending more money on fewer things. You know, we've talked a lot about experiences and really spending money on that, but like even the things that they're buying are far more considered. So people will be willing to spend more on the things that they care about if the people that are creating those products care more about the environment. It's definitely purpose over profits is what people are leaning towards. Yeah, and again, back to those the millennials and probably Gen Zs, they want that authenticity. They want to make... They'll, they'll look deeper than just the surface of a company to make sure that they're practicing all the right in the right way and following kind of their own ideals in, in, in wanting to kind of save the planet too. Yes, absolutely. And can you also share some examples where, where it's fallen short, where you, where you feel maybe, and it might not have been with Ergo Baby, but where it's been really difficult to try and convince both either the consumer or internally to, to take a more kind of sustainable angle on launching the right kind of product or, you know, with the right kind of materials, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, historically, I would say that it's, you're dealing with costs, right? So if you're trying to meet certain price targets or certain margin targets, and you have an option of doing a sustainable material instead, but it's going to cost, you know, 10% more, it's that's a difficult one historically to reconcile. I will say that there are just more options now, 
and it's becoming less difficult. It's not that it's not still a challenge, but you've got sort of two things working for you. It's got more access, uh, more options, uh, and more people willing to pay a premium for the things that they value. So I think we're going to get to a point when I mean, the market is going there where this stuff will just be sort of a net net benefit um, and you'll be getting better things for the same money. Right. That's obviously getting much closer to the, the holy grail. Do you agree, you know, that companies like Unilever, I uh, don't know if you know this, but they, they've, they've made a real big claim around a corp their corporate mission is to obviously have sustainable brands. They actually promote the fact that they are doing well by doing good. And do you, do you have similar examples at, in, at Ogo Baby where it's such a prime part of your, you know, it, it, it sort of gives you that return of investment so much better? It's funny. I mean, with the CPGs, it, there's, they created a problem, right? And so this isn't just Unilever. This is all of them. They created these massive problems in terms of, especially in the like emerging economies where you've got sachets that are littered everywhere and it's difficult to sort of clean up. So they've then gone in to create infrastructures to fix the problems that they created. So they're giving themselves a little bit of credit. It has to happen. So I'm glad. Um, we're just in a much different space. Like I said, we were rooted in this natural um, parenting. We've got that ethos that's built in. You want to create a better planet. And so any product that we create, that we put out, it's just coming out of that lens. It's not about doing more, more, more. It's about doing the right thing. I mean, our attach rate, if you will, the attach rate is what you call um, the number of products that you can even sell is being reduced because birth rates are just dropping globally, right? So we don't need to make more products than there are babies to use them, right? So I think that helps drive us both in limiting consumption and making sure that it's the right product for the right use case. Yeah, that's interesting too, I, I agree. And sometimes it's hard to tell the client, do, do you really need this? Have you come, have you ever in your consulting years done that to a client too, where, you know, you've really tried to kind of push the agenda to, to a point where telling the client that we're, we're actually doing something that's not going to help them for the long term. Yes, certainly. I mean, in the past, we'd have clients that actually came to us to help them with sustainability strategies. But then once you present it, they see how much it costs and it definitely becomes a turnoff. I'd say that the huge benefit that we have right now is just people are getting pounded by statistics, right? Like there was a recent Harvard Business Review, there's a McKinsey study that said that 70% of global millennials and Gen Z consumers want to buy from brands that are ethical, that care about the environment. So when, when companies see these examples, you can quantify that and say, okay, well, people actually are willing to put their dollar where their mouth is and where, more importantly, where their heart is, that there is a market for it. It's not just about throwing money uh, on green things and greenwashing. This is like legitimate business that will help us grow by doing the right thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think they're late to the party, a lot of these CPG companies, but luckily they are taking Hold, they're, they're, take, they're taking notice of how they can change the discussion, they can change the dialogue. And uh, it's good to see how sustainability is becoming a more prominent item of, in their agenda as well, which is good. You know, if you were the CEO of 
any company, where what do you think the future of sustainable design looks like? What do you, where do you see it going? And and do you feel like it, the easy bit will be the consumers, or do you do you still think that there's a lot of work to be done helping consumers understand how they can also be a big part of the solution? Yeah, I think they have to start by reconciling what people want versus what they typically do, which could mean fundamental changes to their business models. Um, you know, we are in a time that we've been all sort of been forced to stay home and can directly see in just a few months what impact not driving, not flying has had on the environment. So just the fact that we can actually visualize our impact now rather than these like, you know, millennial long changes, you can see it now. Right. So I think companies that consider what their impact is will do better. I think companies that recognize that people are willing to buy fewer things that are better than having overabundance. Um, you know, again, I said it before, but the redefining of social status symbols and what people really care about, what they want to attach themselves with, I think will really change how businesses shift for the future. Yeah, I agree. I think. We have more material choices too. There are a lot more biodegradable options. We can we can impact the supply chain. We can impact the source of where these materials come from. So there, there. As a designer, I just feel like we have huge amount of uh, influence. I just feel like also the consumer needs to do a little bit too. But partly, design needs to help communicate the benefits, and we need to drive some a change of consumer behavior when it comes to you know consumption or repurposing and and reducing, et cetera, as well. I thought your 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 example where you know you can actually have Ergo Baby take the product back and 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 make make it a, a really useful product for uh, for another mom. Really good example of that. And there are all sorts of great examples. I mean, Patagonia has at their stores guys that will actually repair product on site. Um, so we're certainly not leading the charge in that, but in our category, no one's doing it. And it doesn't matter. It's not about what someone else is doing versus what we're doing. It's about like collectively, are we help all helping to make things better? That's at the end of the day, what we should all be trying to do. Um, we have one planet. It, we don't get a do-over, right? But this is a chance to kind of reset reevaluate and just adapt business practices to meet the needs of the world and to meet the needs of the generations coming after us. Well, it's been a great discussion, Demetrius. Thank you. Um, I, I think we've, we've, we've tackled the, you know, the, the crux of it. There's probably a lot more we could talk about in terms of real, you know, the actual materials and, and, and we could get into the detail, but I really wanted to get out from this discussion today was your your take on it and your philosophy and 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 you've you've expressed that really well thank you awesome well thanks again for having me and certainly i can come back after the new year when we launch our latest product i was talking about and that we can actually get into more nuts and bolts of construction and manufacturing which would be super fun that would be fabulous if consumers want to buy some ergo baby um where would you send them on on the website I would just go to ergobaby.com, E-R-G-O-B-A-B-Y.com. Perfect. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Demetrius. Thanks again so much for having me. It's been fantastic, Ronald. Thank you.
Hey, Alan, I'd like to introduce Lane back to the conversation too, because I think the discussion around Ergo Baby and with Demetrius um, was really interesting. Yeah, and I, I'd love to really hear her point of view. Yeah, so one of the big things that stood out to me that Demetrius said was this idea that people are wanting to carry their baby on their back like they did 100,000 years ago. And this really got me thinking like, you know, people are returning to these older mindsets when it comes to caring for their baby. And I think that really relates to sustainability as well, because by returning to these older practices, you're kind of automatically having a more sustainable approach. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I really enjoyed that conversation too. Just also surprised to hear, or not really surprised, but heartened to hear that sustainable principles were so ingrained in the company ethos and 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 the way that they bring their products to market. And I guess it's it's something that's if they weren't doing it, the target audience and their target market would probably go somewhere else. It's yeah. it's a it's a real necessity. It's it's part of their DNA. I mean you can tell that it's something that is is a value. Everybody understands it. Everybody embraces it. And it shows, you know, it shines through what they're bringing to market and how they talk to consumers and you know what the products are and how they're thinking about sustainability and I mean I'm really interested to see what they're planning on launching in 2021 so that'll be that'll be really interesting to see what it, what's going to happen right but good to hear that even and, and especially in soft goods companies that there is a drive that resale initiative sounds really interesting love to hear how they progress with that and whether that's a successful initiative. And I just think like the more brands that sustainability is this obvious and this innate to them, the more um, consumers are going to be willing to adopt things like the resale because it'll just be what you do. Yeah. I agree, Lane. And I, I think today's uh, infrastructure, albeit still in, I guess, build up form. I mean, I'm talking about FedEx and UPS and the way we can now leave things on our doorstep and the way things can now be returned with greater ease. It's not like we've got to carry it to the post office and hope that it will get there. There are now means to be able to uh, ship things from home back to the factory or from factory direct to the consumer. Yeah. You have to make it as easy as possible for people to jump on board. Exactly. Convenience. Yeah. Yep. So really, so, so great topic guys, really excited to be talking to Luke next. Well, yeah, we're going to be talking about, I think a similar principle to our last point, but one where the business model is about returning and reusing the primary packaging multiple, multiple times, thereby reducing the amount that is obviously landing on the landfills and trash piles. So interesting conversation to see how Loop is progressing with um, its its growth and um, yeah, its business model. Great topic and, and hopefully everyone here is um, able to join us next week when that's live and some really interesting discussions we'll be having. Thank you. Thanks Thank guys. You. If hunting for Nova Spark has tapped into your curiosity or sparked any new thinking, 
check us out and get in touch with us at cohocreative.com. We would love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Coho Creative. 